So this morning we're going to develop and work a practice called uh, Metta Vipassana. Some of you might be familiar with a uh, practice that I teach quite often. And so this practice uh, we're going to work on today is, is actually trying to see if we can um, view our experience uh, through three characteristics. Probably familiar with these characteristics. They're kind of core, core Dharma <laughs> ideas. Um, that everything is impermanent, everything is changing, uh, constant change. Everything is, um, is dukkha, which it doesn't translate so well, but here we would maybe say everything is, is uh, unsatisfactory, there's no uh, satisfaction that, that kind of lasts because everything changes. So there's something about this experience that's difficult. The way that I like to think about it, if you really break down the word dukkha, it really means like empty and difficult. And so one of the analogies they use is that it's the idea of a, uh, an ox cart and, and the wheel doesn't quite fit into the, into the spoke or into the, the axle. Mm. So every time it, go, it goes around, it's basically mm. a bumpy ride. Mm. <laughs> you ever have this feeling that things just don't fit right? <laughs> Guess what? They don't. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so there's uh, this, this kind of sense of there being something that's not quite right. Some people actually say imperfect, which I like. It's that things are imperfect. Everything in the universe, every morsel, nugget of phenomenon is imperfect. That also goes for you as well. So everything is changing, everything is imperfect, everything is anatta or not-self which is a little complicated. But um, one of the ways to think about it that makes sense to me is, is that it's trying to see ourselves as this illusion, this ever-changing, doesn't-fit-right kind of illusion. And it's kind of like this idea if you look at the Big Dipper. And so if you don't know about the Big Dipper and you look in the sky, what do you see? You see like eight random dots and they mean absolutely nothing to you. But if somebody pulled you aside and said, hey, this is called the Big Dipper, you see that? You see those ones there? Those, they make a little handle and then there's this thing that comes around and, and you go, oh yeah, I see it. It looks like, a, looks like I, I see it now. The next time you look up, it's going to be hard to not see that. Right, because that perception, that view, has been imprinted. Right, how many times have you seen yourself? Millions and probably millions of times. So it's really, really hard to not see your experience through the lens of being a person who's seeing an experience. It's really hard to not see it. And so it's also another way to look at it. Is it is it's a kind of gestalt. Thing. You ever see this gestalt picture where if you look at the picture, there's two candles, and if you kind of tweak your eyes a little bit, it looks like two heads coming together? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, is it two candles or is it two heads? It's like, well, it depends on how you look at it. So the, the anatta is the same thing. There's a self, of course, there's a, we see self all the time. There's also a not-self. It just depends how you look at it. It depends on, on your perspective and the way that you're viewing and so there's an opportunity to, to see this in every single moment. And that we have this experience of, of this kind of natural awareness where when we, we pay more attention and we, 
bring our attention into more of our sensory experience, our sense of self diminishes. The volume of self comes down to a reasonable level. And then certain events and certain experiences in our life, the volume, we have an, a big arising of self. I don't know about you, but sometimes even in my life and even on retreat, there's moments where I feel like there's a lot of me happening. And sometimes I feel like there's not so much of me happening. And the not so much of me happening is actually a little bit the preferred experience. So we want to try to see if we can uh, view experience through these, 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 these uh, characteristics they're often called. So experience is characterized. Every moment is characterized by these three aspects. There's change, there's, there's a, an imperfect quality to it, and there's a, there's a, there's a self, a not-self experience that happens. And if you really start to pay attention and practice, you'll see that this is a, a big aspect of what's happening. And so actually the goal of, of Satipatthana, of the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, one of the threads that runs through the whole practice is to see these characteristics. Also true for Anapanasati, which is mindfulness of breathing. It's rich in there. Also the uh, experience of Vipassana, which is kind of a lot of what we're doing here. The goal is to be able to see clearly, not intellectually, right? Not like, oh, I get it. Yes, I understand that that might be true. But actually to, to moment to moment to moment to see this experience kind of unfolding. And the reason why I like to park metta in front of it, metta vipassana, so why is it metta vipassana? A few reasons. One of the reasons is, is one of the teachers, one of the teachings that, uh, that I received and was really encouraged by my primary teacher, Stephen Smith, to teach metta vipassana, so I've been, I've been taught to teach it. Uh, and, and it was really developed and taught by uh, Mahasi Sayadaw and also Uth. Uh, Sayadaw Upandita, for people who are basically Westerners or Americans who are coming over to Burma and spending time at the monastery, and we're kind of getting blown out by Vipassana because, let's be honest, right, the fact that everything is impermanent, everything is unsatisfactory, everything is not self, can kind of pull the rug out from underneath us. It can be very destabilizing, right? It's just like, whoa, it's like you're just falling through emptiness, right? There's nothing to grab, right? which can be kind of awesome or can be totally scary. <laughs> it depends on your background. <laughs> and so so that, just that actually can be a little bit destabilizing. It can be a little bit scary. It can, be, uh, it can make people feel very unsafe. Um, and so when the intention was to do metta vipassana, it was to develop a mind state, a mental attitude of, of loving kindness, of friendliness, of ease and taking that, like sort of, it's okay that everything is changing. It's okay that everything is uh, unsatisfactory or everything is imperfect. It's okay that there's a self or there's a not-self. Do I have a kind and friendly attitude towards myself? So metta becomes kind of the anchor, uh, the, the framework, the view we could say here, the view is, is metta. Right? And the practice is Vipassana. So if we go into the practice with, with a sense of ease, that it's okay that everything's changing, it can help stabilize our system a little bit. And so when we think about um, 
when we're actually confronted in life by real change, you know, real change, death, loss, loss of relationships, loss of jobs, loss of things that really are part of our survival, we usually don't find that we're at ease with that. Right? We don't find that we... Um, that's usually not the attitude in which we need that with. Right? So it's good to have this, uh, this framework and this lens, this samaditi, this right view of, of it's okay. This happens. It's happened before. And again, that wider view, that cognitive reappraisal, is like, this has happened, you know, usually when we have big loss or we have big events and big change, usually we, we can recognize that it's not the first time that, that that's happened. It's happened before and we were, we, we've, we've been okay. And so this, this method really becomes a sort of internal resource that we, can, that we can bring to the present moment experience. And what it does is it cools down the fear or the terror, or the trauma, or the anxiety, or the just, oh my God, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna be okay, actually. Right? And once we get, once that view gets imprinted, then there's usually a lot of suffering on the other side of that. So this attitude of like change. And really when we think about this as an object, one of the things that I really like to practice with it. I actually do appreciate to some degree uh, the reality of change because what it does is it, it puts my, my faith to the test. I have maybe a... I like that. I like to be challenged in that way. And so when I, when I think about change, it's like almost like we could say change and time are the same thing. Like there's really no time, right? You know this, right? It's just change. Mm-hmm. And the time isn't passing. Change is occurring. We just decided as human beings to chop it up into minutes, seconds, years, and days, which is actually quite efficient. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, show up for the sit on time, it's good that we have it. <laughs> but it's not really how it is. It's just change. Even in the course of a 30-minute sit, you think, oh, I sat for 30 minutes. No, you were just in this experience of things changing. And a lot of the things that really make the practice so hard is things change slow. Mm -hmm. We don't like the speed of life. The speed of life is at a snail's pace. Like anybody ever see Talladega Nights, the little Ricky Bobby, I want to go fast, I want to go fast, I want to go fast. We all mostly want to go fast. And the mind is super fast, thousand miles an hour. And the speed of life is just the speed of the in and the out breath, the speed of which you can experience senses phenomenon. You know, it's very, very slow. And sometimes we actually. We get activated just around that. How many more days are left? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Seven 45-minute sits? Who made this schedule? (laughs) That's all just view. That's all just perception. An hour. Just the concept of an hour. Like even if I was going to say, okay, tomorrow afternoon... We're going to do a four-hour sit. You'd just be like, "Whoa, four <laughs> hours!" 
<laughs> just that idea actually probably makes you feel a little activated. I can't do that. I can't do four hours. You've all been alive for decades, and you think you can't do four hours? <laughs> I can't be with myself for four hours. You see what I mean? You see how that blows my mind a little bit. And it's, it's just time. It's not even really time. It's actually it's, it's having to be with change moment to moment. It's a little stressful. So if we have a, 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 a kind, friendly, loving-kindness attitude towards that, it, it's being at ease with, with, with the change and the speed of the change and the quality of the change and the conditions that are arising within the change. And also this, this is really great when we talk, with, like yesterday, talking about attachment. Uh, when we start to really understand change uh, the idea of being attached becomes a little bit uh, foolish. You can't actually have anything. What do you have? Right? Everything is just kind of passing through. So actually, this the, the, one of the insights, one of the one of the benefits of the insight into permanence is this: uh, it helps deteriorate and it helps undermine our tendency to become attached. And then when we look at, so there's that, so we'll use that as a practice, we'll, we'll, we'll cultivate a kind of mind state of, of kindness, and then we'll use change as an object for some time. And then we'll use unsatisfactoriness, imperfect, imperfection. Right? One of the uh, benefits of the insight into dukkha, and the benefits of the insight into things being imperfect, is, is it allows us to actually cultivate a metta quality, a sense of kindness towards ourselves. May I be at ease with the fact that this is a, things don't fit right. Rather than trying to fix the things that don't fit right, we have an understanding, a type of, a kind of acceptance to the fact that things don't fit right, and we let that be okay. And then also this, and so then focusing on this this sense of self, whether there's a self or there's a not self, I don't know that. Uh, the conceptual understanding of that concept I have not found to be particularly helpful. What I have found to be particularly helpful is developing a kind and friendly attitude towards this self phenomenon. May I be at ease with the self? May I understand the self? May I accept the self? May I not take it so personally? May I not get caught in the dichotomy of blaming and, and self and other and taking everything personally? Because it changes. How many versions of yourself are there? How many versions of yourself have you seen? There's the I suck at meditating self. There's the that sit. I'm sure you've all had that sit, right? This you've been here a couple of days now. Have you had the sit yet where you thought to yourself, I'm totally meditating right now. <laughs> I, I'm just I guys got it, dude. I'm just like I'm, I'm I'm just ruling the universe right now. <laughs> How long did that one last? <laughs> a couple minutes, maybe a whole set. And then that goes away. You're like, what happened? I had it. As my teacher Steve Armstrong likes to say, there's nothing like a good sit in the morning to ruin the rest of your day. <laughs> but, but at 10.30, man, I was just, I was just like ruling the universe. And now I suck. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder what's for dinner. <laughs> Better be something sweet because I just can't take another one. <laughs> I see that changed. You couldn't keep up with it. You, you, we got attached to that. That sit I had on that one retreat I sat in 1993. <laughs> there was that one retreat where I pretty much, you know, it's all over now. <laughs> How is it that I'm getting worse at this? So it's really, uh, as we go into this, so we're, we're moving into kind of trying to like really, uh, as we are cultivating awareness, am I where we want to start to really begin to kind of monitor or clock or kind of start to recognize, oh yeah, what's happening is change is what's happening, that's what's happening. Time isn't passing really so much, but change is occurring. Right. And even you can see, even if you move your eyes around, you can see it. Everything is changing. All the sense data is changing. Everything is in a constant flux. And of course, that's why part of the reason why it's unsatisfying is because you can't... It ends so quickly. I always find that just, there's nothing more unsatisfying than that last spoonful of ice cream in the bottom of the bowl. Right, it's just like, ah. Like this thing was full like 10 minutes ago. Or for me, like four minutes ago. But it's just, you know, or like the end of a movie. Or like if I'm watching a really good movie and I'm like, mm. I'm like it's been like an hour and 45 minutes. This is going to end soon. There's just this disappointment. Right, the disappointment of sort of the, the pleasurable experience coming to an end. Not a lot of metta, not a lot of gratitude, just a sort of like I'm disappointed. So again, change can be very disappointing. Right? So if we don't have a sort of metta attitude, then the disappointment sort of takes over. And then everything becomes disappointing because everything ends. And why bother do anything? So the way in which we can use these characteristics to our advantage rather than to our detriment. Right? And it just depends on, on the view in that moment, how we're... How we're our attitude is towards that. You know, like when the... There's nothing I love more than when the plane lands and I'm like in the back of the plane and I get to stand up. That's like the good impermanence. I'm like, oh my God, I get to get off this flying beer can. You know, death machine. I get so scared of flying. And then it's just like, it's just like that's when it, and that's when impermanence is like uh, really great. So again, it's, it's, always, it's, always, it's always a view, there's always an attitude that we bring to it. But it's always the same, it's always just change right, happening in every single moment. And so can we kind of participate kind of moment to moment to moment with that? And I think the hard thing again about it is, is the speed of impermanence seems to be relatively slow, especially here. Right, so can we kind of... And that, that also can give us a lot of patience. Right, don't let the mind go any faster than the speed of the in and out breath. Imagine if the mind never went faster than that, you'd be doing really, really good. This is fast enough. Right? That's the pulse of life, really. The pulse of life is the, is the speed of the in and out breath. Right? That, that's kind of how, how it goes from the moment we're born to the moment we die. But we, we get caught in all this racing and all this kind of internal time traveling. 
people just say like a, you know you think about a time machine I'm like I live inside a time machine I'm like there is such thing as a time machine I'm in it right now I'm always time traveling so if we practice in this way it's good to really go into all of this stuff with this uh, kind and friendly accepting uh, meta quality and then, then, it, then it just sort of becomes okay because it's how it is anyway it's not necessarily really a, a, a much of an alternative than that because that, that is sort of the, uh, the design of things as Cheryl likes to say the design of things are, are these characteristics so we want to try to get congruent we want to try to get on board we want to uh, let ourselves participate in that in the flow and the flux of that so we'll, we'll sit for some time and do that so you can find a way to sit that feels upright and comfortable. Start and end with the bell. As we begin this practice of metta vipassana, simply starting by bringing awareness into your into your body, just awareness of a body sitting, breathing, hearing, awareness of the five physical senses. Allowing your breathing to come and go as it will, no effort to control it. Breathing is the life faculty that lives inside your body. 
And as we begin this investigation of Vipassana, just starting to see if you can feel into your own heart center, relaxing any tension at the neck or throat, allowing the chest and belly to rise and fall with ease, no tension or tightness. And in this moment, to just see if you can begin to feel into your own wish and desire to be free. To be happy, to be at ease in this world. And just focus on that for some time. Your own wish, desire to be free. To be kind to yourself. And as best you can, not getting caught up into the concepts or the thoughts around this. But to just see if you can feel any sense of that in the body. This well-being, this well-wishing. This intention to better understand this life and this world. (coughs) And this moment to moment unfolding. to see if you can become interested in how things are right now rather than how you would like them to be. And so however it makes sense, whatever way this is useful for you, to just see if you can cultivate an attitude of kindness towards yourself and towards your experience for a few minutes.
with this view, this attitude of kindness, acceptance, okayness, things as they are, bringing to mind the experience of change, the in and out breath, the most obvious example of this, constantly moving, changing, rising and falling. Sounds coming and going. Thoughts, ideas, memories in the mind coming and going. To recognize very clearly that to be with your direct experience is to be with change. you find yourself being aware, see if you can become aware of change. And to be at ease with the quality of the change, the speed of the change, the attitude about the change. And bringing awareness to the direct experience as each mind moment arises and passes away.
the coming and going of physical and mental phenomena. Continuing to bring awareness to the reality of change and including expanding to recognize that there is an imperfect aspect to the experience. Something maybe doesn't feel like it fits right or seems unsatisfying or a little bit challenging or difficult. The mind actually has nothing to grab onto. Again, to bring a sense of kindness and ease, it's okay. If there's pain or discomfort,
bringing awareness to this ever-changing and perfect experience of the mind. Seeing if you can continue to meet these qualities with acceptance. With kindness.
continuing to be aware of this ever-changing, moving, imperfect experience, finding that you're sitting in the middle of everything that has happened and everything that's about to happen. Seeing if you can establish the view that none of this is happening to you, nor are you manufacturing it. But as you find moments where there's a sense of a self, of a being, a person having this experience, see if you can also bring a kind and friendly attitude towards those moments. That the self is also ever-changing, imperfect experience. self just being this idea that we overlay on top of what's happening. And if you cultivate awareness you'll find there'll be moments where there's a strong sense of there being a self. And there will also be moments where the sense is very small or low, or perhaps not at all.
Just seeing if you can allow this stream of awareness to flow through the mind and body without adding any concepts or ideas to it, but just to experience the flow of awareness moment to moment.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.